Political corruption is both the enemy of, and the product of, a church in America, that is deeply in need of a revival. Whichever side repents first, is going to win. Today on Life Journeys, Pastor Hartiga takes an extended look at both ends of the scale, the liberal left, and the state of the religion of the conservative right. Over the next half hour, we're going to look at the darkness of liberal corruption, and the needed principles of restoration that have yet to blossom, in the religion of the conservatives. The principles of true personal and religious liberty, need to be rediscovered within our hearts. Only those who are truly free within, can be used to overcome the threat to national liberty. The media and entertainment industries have control of the American narrative. The narrative is not the facts, but the interpretation and application of facts. It's an opinion, their opinion, and it's getting more liberal by the day. They know that conservatives will try to play nice, will back down, and not want to offend. We have sat back and taken most of it, even though the Republican Party demonstrated a culture of obstructionist politics during the Obama years. But the never-Trump obstructionism of the left went far, far further in President Trump's first term. They contrived accusations of election tampering via Russian collusion, impeached the president, and miserably lost. My narrative from the beginning was that this was treason. They didn't like the man, so they made up reasons to get rid of him. This amounted to an egregious subverting of our democracy. They didn't respect the will of the people, but rather they claimed election fraud. Today we see overwhelming evidence of the Democrats' election fraud across the whole country. They have backed the riots, used the media to fan the flames of racism until the country was overwhelmed by the constant display of riots and police shootings, all the while ignoring due process. Today, the media across the nation is desperately trying to indict the police for a shooting that happened two miles from my house. You see, socialism needs division to become established and this being their obvious goal to bring marginalized groups alongside to vote for them. They constantly bombarded us with divisive tactics. They started the division on the day of inauguration, deepened it with the tearing up the President's State of the Union message right behind him on live television. Then they said, Trump is dividing the country. They fanned the flames of racism and then accused the conservatives of being racist, when they supported stopping the violence in our cities. On and on the deep state collusion of the far left went as it romanced foreign governments bent on bringing down the U.S. for the vision of a global reset. They stood with the BLM, an organization by their own statement and leadership, stands against the nuclear family, claims so-called cisgender privilege promotes LGBTQ lifestyles and sensitivity training, promotes the overthrow of our U.S. Constitution, and wants to establish Marxism. This is their leadership. The NFL and all other professional U.S. sports have come on board, as have major retail corporations and auto manufacturers and major social media platforms. This is nothing short of an American revolution where most Americans no longer realize that our democratic constitutional republic cannot be sustained with a biased media. Now, 
Liberals have leaked the idea to the public that President Trump won't concede and is targeting the black voters in major cities in his attempt to orchestrate a coup. Again, the false narrative of racism and revolution when liberals are the ones who have done exactly that. The hard evidence of election fraud is something they just don't want to believe. Many Democrats voted for Biden simply because they are Democrats and believed the false narratives simply because they wanted to. They acted like they wanted the continued breakdown of the family, socialistic equality of outcome, the continued murder of unborn human beings, the destruction of the most prosperous, fair, and productive economic foundation in history, the continued moral corruption and denial of religious liberty America has ever seen, and ultimately, the weakening of the U.S. to the place where a global government ushers in the fulfillment of the book of Revelation. They'd rather have that than the offensive demeanor of President Trump. The conservative right is going to roll over no longer. They have seen what passivity does. Yet they're revolting against the swamp of political corruption. And yes, the president has stood against it in both political parties. That's that's not going to be enough. Even the exposure of the socialistic and immoral posture of education in America is not enough. Don't even ask me for a list here, because if you do, you won't like the answer at all. We've whined about our leaders being dictators like Hitler, yet we have not been taught that Nazism began in the most educated and artistic culture of their era, and it began behind the desks of their universities, not in the secret meetings of the Third Reich Deep State. The people were given the same false narratives that we have been given. Yet their plan for the genocide of the Jewish race came from the Jim Crow laws of the American Democratic Party. History showed that they merely changed the target from Negro to Jew. How has this happened in America? The seeds began in the late 50s when the communist plan was formed to infiltrate our universities and corrupt our arts. We will get your children, they said. And that is exactly what has happened. Through the arts, they corrupted our morals, resisted the teaching of the church, and the church began to try to be like the world to win the world. Then the nominal church bought into the narrative of love without standards until many were actually promoting immorality instead of standing against the sins that Jesus died for. Many of the rest of the churches that stood firm against immorality picked up the poison of anger gossip and judgmentalism and raised the threshold of their doors high. Yet they didn't have the power of God's love to bring people up to that standard. It's called hypocrisy. For without the power to live holy, the church began to live secretly what they resisted publicly, and the world saw through it as the church became irrelevant to the world around them. When our nation's colonies were desperately struggling to come together in unity and became the nation that ratified the U.S. Constitution, it was also a terribly divisive battle that looked hopeless. Then, a preacher by the name of Jonathan Edwards came along on the flood of the Great Awakening. His sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, shook many hearts loose. It was the ensuing revival among the colonies that brought the states together in unity to form the nation. 
It has always remained true that the only way God will allow a people to live in unity is if they are united in Christ. That's why he divided and confounded the languages and the people when they built the Tower of Babel. There is nothing they will not be able to do if they are united, the Bible says. And it is only by this principle that America shall become united again. Without a revival, we're finished. God will not allow a one-world government to stay in power as the book of Revelation shows. The final book of the Bible shows what will come one day. Yet it's a blueprint for survival and overcoming darkness today. Its opening chapters show two things. God is on the throne of glory, and men must be reconciled to the things that Jesus has against them. The rest of the book shows what lengths men will go to in their souring in sin. They will call for the mountains to fall on them before they will repent. They will give their allegiance to the devil rather than admit that their deeds are evil. Just as Jesus said, people resist the truth because it's painful to accept it, not because they have the wrong information. Today, men won't admit the truth about the corruption of the far left because they don't want to. Accepting or even being open to the truth is too painful. That's why it's easy, but fatal to remain unteachable. But in days of old, God always showed His power and His love in deliverance and restoration before He showed them the darkness of their own hearts. He delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt before He gave them the law. Men need to see the power and glory of God to be open to believe His word about their own sin. They also need hope that if they accept the pain of self-disclosure of their sin and admit the truth, that they will be loved and not judged for their honesty. Thus, Jesus would die for our sins while we were yet enemies of God. God proved that to me one day when I had a great hangover. That next evening, the Holy Spirit showed up in my room and God spoke to my heart and said, I'm going to give you the power to do what you've always wanted to do, but were not able. That was amazing grace. Then he started showing me about me, and I had the strength to start making the change. When we admit the truth and receive humbly the love of God and are restored, then we are in a position to love those who are still living in their failure. When I told the body of Christ in April that unless we conservatives were willing to jump in a foxhole with Nancy Pelosi and to defend her life at the risk of our own, that we were not in the place God had wanted us to be in, that was rejected. If we looked at our political and moral opposition and were made more angry than we were moved to love and compassion, then the darkness had already won in our hearts. Among over 6,000 people reached with that message, I got one thumbs up. One. In June, I told people that this battle would not be won at the ballot box, but with our Bibles. And they rejected it by saying, but we have to put action to our words and vote. Then when mid-November came, they were more shell-shocked than victorious. No one was dancing on the west side of the Red Sea. When I told them that the coronavirus was allowed by God to shut down the meeting places to call them to get alone with God and repent, it was met by disbelief. What the devil meant for evil, God meant for good, but he meant it to happen. A sovereign God will not restore this country to its former glory simply because it's his sovereign plan. 
His sovereign plan is to use men, his church, to exercise their dominion through repentance, faith, holiness, and love. He will not violate our choice, but neither is he an enabler. He will accommodate the choice of men, both liberal and conservative, to sit back and do nothing. When we ask, Why did you allow this immorality to flourish in America? He will answer, Why did you allow it? You see, God easily recognizes an accusation veiled as a question. The nation is not going to rise and fall over Democrat versus Republican, Biden versus Trump, or socialism versus capitalism. It will rise and fall over sinner or saint, morality or murder, Christ or relativism. Neither politician nor parishioner can do a rain dance and then complain to God why they are getting wet when it starts raining. I had to be taken out of the pulpit and brought to my knees until I was desperate to know God better. America is still too angry and living in denial over its imminent death. Until we progress through our own grief process of dying to self, get past the anger of blaming others and become desperate enough for God and put down our divisions and our self-trust, nothing will change. We must accept the death of self and our past, for our past is what brought us to our present. We must accept the death of our Christian narcissism and start living to prove God's honor instead of defending our own honor. True faith works by love and tells the truth about the darkness. But it doesn't expose corruption simply to defend itself or validate its insecurities. When we try to expose the lies in our nation, if it comes from our outrage, it's not love. It's fear and insecurity. But also, when we claim the kind of love that walks in the darkness of immorality and calls it inclusivity, it's from the hopelessness born of the fear of the truth exposing our own darkness. God wants to give us a faith that is enough. We've lost confidence in the government, and we're losing it in the media, as we should. But the loss of confidence of government and the continued promotion of distrust in our leadership is a sure sign of imminent defeat. Authority's main purpose is unity, but if unity is lost for the loss of love by a nation's leadership, we will have and indeed have arrived at the divide-and-conquer point of our enemy. Faith in men is built when we have faith in God. He gives us liberty through sacrifice. The government didn't. We shouldn't expect them to do that. Their call is to preserve what God has given us. When we or our leadership promotes trust in self versus in God, we've lost our way. Faith is enough. Faith in God brings with it an internal liberty through peace with Him and peace with ourselves. It will be tested, but the test of faith doesn't mean that that faith is illegitimate. Suffering, whether it be poverty, injustice, or disease, doesn't mean we abandon our faith in God. Faith doesn't need results to bring peace and power within. Faith itself releases the powerful presence of God in us in order for us to defeat the despair of the darkness around us. We're called to defeat the darkness through Christ, not to simply believe that faith ought to bring freedom from trials. Faith lived in the canvas of humanity's pain and that refuses to stop loving the unlovely makes a nation free, united, and invincible to hell's power. Tempted though we be, 
Our call is to be willing to be treated like Christ was treated, that others see the love that refuses to die. How much blood has to be shed before we become brothers again? How much suffering has to be endured before churches forget about trying to save their organizations and politicians stop trying to promote their own names? As long as candidates smear others to make themselves look better and Christians smear sinners to make themselves feel justified, we will remain at odds. Self-defense is an indicator of failing attempts to believe in self and is also an indicator of forsaken faith in God to exalt ourselves in due time. We are losing our faith in God in America, not because of the media or of the darkness of corruption, but because we have lost sight of the cross. We didn't think that a God of love would allow us to go through pain, so we denied His existence, or we judged ourselves and others wrongly when suffering happened. We thus lost our touch with the power of His presence in our disillusionment. Faith is not a tool in our hands to get God to do what we want Him to do. It's a tool in His hands to get us to do and to be and to experience what He wants us to become. When we learn to defeat the darkness of the storm we'll, while we are still in it, we will have learned what we have been put on this earth for, and we will by this learn who we truly are. Our freedom must become a function of who we are and why we live, dependent upon no man, no law, and no nation, but only upon God's Word. That vision will unite us once again, and it will demonstrate that we are not intended to do it alone. Freedom from above brings unity through unfailing love. Only when I am fully free through dependence on no one but God am I then equipped to walk in a dedicated unity with other failing men and women like me. I can never lay the burden of my inner freedom on another human being. We cannot expect to be united by our political or ideological expertise. That is destined to failure when we try to convince our families and neighbors of that which is not worthy of giving our lives for. I will not die for socialism, capitalism, or democracy. None of these can remain without God-given liberty. But I will give my life for Christ and for you if need be, for that is the only way you may feel the love of God. No theory of government, economics, or science is worthy of a man's death, for they will all pass away one day. Only that which is worth dying for is something worth living for. It's a deadly myth to think that a nation can be neutral about God, for a man's religion is at the core of any nation's culture and definition. Neither the police, the politician, the educator, nor the activist can establish our eternal life, and until we have the foundation of Christ back in our homes, we will never have arrived at the status of the best country in the world. Our nation was formed for the purpose of being free to express our faith in God. The freedom that ensued in all areas of life is what compelled other nations of the world to look to us. If God can't govern the hearts of men here, then the systemic principles of liberty, not systemic principles of racism, they don't exist in our republic, but the systemic principles of liberty will enable them to corrupt our nation, you see, without God, and our form of democracy will fall, for we are made free to choose our God. But we must choose wisely. 
Our form of government based upon liberty didn't fail us. Our vision of liberty without God-given morality and responsibility is what failed us. Put God back in your hearts, Americans, and our nation will thrive. Fail to do so, and revolution is sure to succeed.